you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Good Morning Football. I'm Peter Schrager. That's Kyle Brandt. We've got a loaded show today filled with some of the best moments from Good Morning Football this past year. Guys, are you ready for a little trend of the world? Let's get after this. Starting right now, Jarvis Landry is one of these names we've been waiting to join a team. He's just been hanging out. Where's Jarvis going to go? Well, it turns out the Louisiana native is going to the Saints. So that means that the Saints locker room has got people like Jameis Winston, Tyron Matthew, Cam Jordan, Jarvis. Big, cool, familiar personalities all in one room. So for our first topic, we're going to call it hashtag my fave locker room. Peter, as you look around the league, what is your favorite locker room based on personality, camaraderie, and whatever you want to go with it? Camaraderie is a good one. You know, the guys that hang together usually actually like each other, and then they actually play for each other, and they win games. If you ever see the Kansas City Chiefs in the offseason, they don't just go out with, like, one guy. They are a whole group, and they're a whole sort of energy. First of all, Mahomes had his wedding in Hawaii. I feel like the entire team showed up. And they go golfing, and it's like Kelsey's there. You go to a Final Four game, Kelsey's there with his crew. Clyde Edwards-Alaire's hanging out. Hardman's hanging out. I I was watching a clip of, like, the Kansas the City MLS game and they're all together. This yep. is a crew that rolls together and I love it. It's been years in the making now. It's not just like one of these, hey, let's put it on Instagram and show that we're all friends. Chiefs, these guys are the real deal. And if you go from team to team to team, you know that these guys actually like for, like each other and actually will bleed for each other. I'm gonna go Kansas City. I like the way they hang in the off season. And, and Peter, and that's why it's not no, that's not any mistake why they're always competing for a championship every single year, especially since Patrick Mahomes has been the, the starting quarterback. So I, I like that pick as well. For me, I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Rams, right? And again, guys, I wanted to pick okay. the Bills here. Sorry, Bills Mafia. I can't always pick the Bills every single time we have any type of a football answer. So I'm going to go with the Rams here. 
for two players. Obviously, we have Matthew Stafford on the offensive side. First of all, Matthew, love your commercials, man. They have been funny. You're showing a whole nother side of you. I think winning a Super Bowl last year is going to make you even hungrier, and, and you can bring guys on that offense together. And then that new pickup, Bobby Wagner, a guy that was a teammate of mine, he can be a glue to an already dominating defense that has the best player in the world and Aaron Donald uh, on his side of the ball again with Jalen Rams and all those other personalities again because of Matthew Stafford and Bobby Wagner I love the Rams locker room all right guys I'm gonna have to go with one of my favorites to cover and it's take me to the dirty south I'm going the Saints and I wrote it out you got Chatty Cam Jovial Jarvis now he's one of my favorite at Pro Bowl you've got A-list Alvin <laughs> And Witty Winston, you are not going to find more characters collectively as a group than the Saints locker room. And if you see some of their post-game celebrations, you see the personality on display. I mean, Winston literally injured himself, his ACL in that game, and was dancing on crutches after beating the Bucks. I love the flavor. I love the personality. I miss Mark Ingram. Well, Mark Ingram is back. But Cam and Mark together... So much fun. It's just such a great locker room, great chemistry, one of my favorites to go into. It's a great topic. All of these are bringing a smile to my face because I think all the answers are right. And I think mine is too. My favorite locker room right here. You maybe know them as the AFC champion, the Bengals. Here's my receipts. Do you guys remember at NFL Honors when typically the team playing in the Super Bowl is not part of it at all? And there the Bengals were on the rooftop of their hotel (laughs) as a group, as a unit to support Jamar Chase as he got Offensive Rookie of the Year and all these incredible accolades. It was what we're all saying. They rolled together. If you're there, I'm there. You want to take it a step further. Joe Mixon wins angry runs. Does he pose with the scepter out in the midfield somewhere in the end zone? No, 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 no. Jamar is there for no reason. The entire offensive line is there. (laughs) They're so big, guys. The big orange background couldn't fit them all. They had to step back and take a wide shot, and that was Mixon's doing. Get all these guys in here. We celebrate as a team. And, man, they were about one throw away in that final game from winning the entire damn thing. But we're going to take this and go somewhere else with it for a trend of the world. We're going to say our hashtag is going to be my dream second career. Peter, where would you go with this? And you know, in a time right now, Peter, when you and I especially are really appreciating this job and this show for all it's worth, let's get out of that for a second and talk about our dream second career. Here's where we're going here. I live in New York City and uh, there's a couple things that aggravate me. One, I can never get uh, a table at a restaurant. You go on these websites, the, the open table and the resi, and it's like you can eat at 4.30 or 11. Well, that doesn't work for me. Two, these restaurants turn over so quickly that I can't even get a good taste of And three, my opinion doesn't matter. I get there, no one cares what I think. The New York Times restaurant critic can make or break a restaurant, and that's fine. I don't want to rest. I'm just here for the table. These guys can walk in. They can say, any restaurant, I want to get this table. They can go into any chef and say, I'm going to get that table. They get it. They could just walk in and have full access. I love to eat. I'm not a great critic. I'm not a great (laughs) reviewer, but I love food, and I think the ability to go to any restaurant in New York anytime would be the ultimate ultimate New York flex. So I'm going to say this. Short of being an Instagram influencer, this is the best second job. (laughs) (laughs) I like it, Peter. All right, guys. uh, You guys know I'm a spiritual guy. I'm always, you know, meditating and all those types of things. So for me, life coach and master yoga instructor. (laughs) That would be my dream second job. Yes. Spread love, James. Spread love, everybody. You know what I'm saying? Especially in light of of what happened in Buffalo 
over the over the last couple of days. Shout out to that community that's been affected by just senseless violence. We have to spread more positivity. We have to spread more love. So in that vein, yes, life coach, master yoga instructor, spread more love and, and spread more positivity. Let's get it. Right on. I always love your energy. Charlie Yook and Jerry Madelon, who are advisors here at the NFL Network, they talked about fountains and drains, and you are always a fountain, my friends. I would like to have a little Thank fun you. with my dream second career. Kyle, I know you'll appreciate this. Stacey Keebler, Maria okay. Menunos, they all pivoted. Yeah. WWE or AEW. Vince McMahon, <laughs> Tony Khan, give me a call. I would love to be a diva in the ring. So call me. I feel like I could really put yes. on this alter ego that I've always wanted to be. I'm really into Comic-Con and dressing up. So um, that would be very exciting for me. Call me. I wow. love this. I did not expect to hear the name <laughs> Stacey Keebler this morning. I love it, though, Jane. She was a legend. She used to have most <laughs> of having the world's longest legs. She and was so When hot. is the keebler sense? I- I need her back. I like Stacey Keebler. You know what? I'm going to say I always wanted to be a professional athlete. And, uh, you know, I I wasn't able to reach that heights, but this is how I'm going to do it. Esports. Let's go. Video game athletes. That's what I want. I want to put in the hours. I want to put in the caffeine. I want to be in FaZe Clan. I want to be FaZe KB. And by the way, all those guys in those pictures and all these esport billionaires out there right now. Anybody want to step up and Ninja Gaiden or Contra or Rygar or Tech yes. or any of those things and you will get the work. You will get the work hard. I'll beat you in Jackal. <laughs> I'll beat you in Metal Gear. Any Zelda game I'll work you. Anyone right now I will put on a strap. Esports. That's it. Come and get it, Mike. Come and get it. I love it. I love it. Come get that work. Kyle said he'd put on a strap. Just, just wanted to make sure we all heard that. Yep. Evan, how you doing, buddy? Doing good. Oh, great. You ready to be a New York Giant? Oh, yeah, I'm ready. Ready to get to work. I'm excited. I'm excited for the opportunity, Coach. Thank you. It's always good to have another roll tie, dude. Oh, yeah. Always. Uh, all right, buddy. Well, we'll see you. All right, we'll see you. Take care. Oh, yeah, brothers and sisters. The G-Men got their tackle. Boy, this draft has been an O-lineman's dream right now. Not just the G-Men getting my boy Evan Neal, but on Thursday night, we saw nine offensive linemen go in the first round. It's a quarterback-driven lead, but you better protect your quarterback, and that's what these teams are doing. Mm. It's the most first-round linemen to go in the first round since 1968. Our boy Scott Pioli was three years old. All right, listen, today, though, I, want, I don't want to focus on the three-year-old Scott Pioli. I want to focus on my three favorite O-line fits. First up, we already talked about him on the show. You just saw uh, Joe Shane calling him to let him know he's a New York Giant. With the seventh pick, the G-Men took Evan Neal out of Alabama. Obviously, Alabama's got a great program. They're just churning out tackles. Alex Leatherwood got drafted by the Raiders. Cam Robbins is down in Jacksonville. They're doing some great stuff. The space that he creates between the defender and the quarterback is what enables quarterbacks to step up in the throw. That's what you love about Evan Neal. On a twist game, it's called punch and pass. Carry the penetrator down to your guard and then wait for the looper. Wait for the looper. You know what that looper is? That's number one overall pick, Trayvon Walker. Watch him chop the hand down. All right, Trayvon's trying to give him the one-arm step. Chop the hand down. Get that arm off of me. You're not going to bull rush me. That's the number one overall pick right there. Evan Neal went up against him twice last year. Mm. More than held his own. All right. He's going to play right tackle for the Giants. Great. We got some footage of him because two years ago, he was their starting right tackle. 40 starts in his career. Played guard. Played both tackles. As an offensive lineman, if you could take your defender and move him out of the picture, you're getting great movement at the point of attack. And it's music to my ears when I hear people talk about Evan Neal at right tackle. Most offenses run the football to the right more than they do to the left. 
So for Evan Neal to be at, at, on the right side, it's a great fit for the Giants. It was certainly a, a need. And, Scott, we talked about Evan Neal being down in Alabama, the system that he was in. Bill O'Brien was the offensive coordinator. Uh, Doug Marone was one of their other offensive coaches. So no doubt about it, he's Kyle ready Flood. for the concepts that Brian Dable is going to be implementing soon enough. All right, listen, let's go to the second pick. The Baltimore Ravens, look, everybody knows they traded Hollywood Brown, but they did it to get this 25th overall pick, and they took center Tyler Linderbaum from Iowa. He was the Dave Remington uh, winner, trophy award winner for the best center in college football. Here he is right now picking up stunts. Look, when you play center, everything happens quicker. With one hand, he presses out that linebacker. Does a great job with his hands. Now, here's the toughest block for a center. You got to snap the football. You got a 330 pound behemoth breathing in your face. You can smell what he ate for breakfast oh in the pregame meal, and he's going to cross shade you right here. That's, that's tough business right there. All right, for Tyler Lindenbaum, he's a technician, he's a natural center, he's gifted, but he's a, he's a great finisher. All right, Scott, you were talking about can you reach three techniques? Can you reach uh, nose guards. Well, here he is as a center, reaching to the right, working mm. up to the second level, right? You're always common, com combo blocking with your guard. So he does a great job in the second center. Here's the reach you're talking about. All right, shaded nose, right? I've got to reach to the right. I've got to snap the football. Reminded me of Tom Nalen from the Denver Broncos. Did it so well. Uh, I, I love his athletic ability. And look, if you're the Baltimore Ravens, I hate to do this. I hate to bring up past experiences, but their last playoff game was up in Buffalo. It was windy. The flags were waving. Um, it wasn't a great day for the Baltimore Ravens. It wasn't a great day for Lamar Jackson and his center. Bradley uh -oh. Bozeman was their center last year, but uh, they had Patrick McCarr moving to center. They had a little issue here. And you know what? Everybody wants to talk about centers blocking, but your number one job is to get the football <laughs> to the quarterback. Not once, not twice, but three times that ball was on the ground. And any coach, you want to get the, the, you want to get the, the red face from a coach, you have a fumbled center quarterback exchange, whether it's underneath or shotgun. That ball is on the ground. And the Buffalo Bills won that football game. Baltimore Ravens, I don't think they've ever gotten that out of their mind. That's why you draft a guy like Tyler Lindemann. No issues there whatsoever. He is a true natural center. He won't have any issue getting the ball to Lamar. And we won't have to worry about him tweeting out WTF because of his center. All right, how about the Saints? With the 19th overall pick, we've been talking about Teron Armstead. What are they going to do? Are they going to sign him back? He goes to Miami. Huge void at left tackle. The New Orleans Saints. There, this is a bad man. This is the senior bowl right now. Everybody's trying to show their competitive spirit. And this guy, he took it to a whole other level. He was not there to make friends. He made a lot of enemies with the way that he was finishing blocks and finishing plays. But at 6'7", 325 pounds, the question is, man, can a guy that big move? He's leading the way right there. He's out there blocking defenders. In space, this guy, there's no issue whatsoever. 6'7", 325 pounds. This guy, he's, he's like a gazelle out in space. All right, now, can you anchor right now, all right? As, as a left tackle, look, sometimes guys start trying to push you back. They just go straight power. This is the strength that Trevor Penning shows right there, the anchor and then the snatch at the end to get the guy on the ground. Every time Trevor Penning finishes a play, he's either putting a guy on his back or he's yanking him down to the ground. So he's got to clean up his penalties. He's got to clean up some of that stuff. But I think it's a great fit for the Saints. They filled a huge void at left tackle. Um, I think the offensive linemen, I know everybody talks about the skill positions, but I think that they won the first round of the draft. you got to protect those quarterbacks. You're going to pay them. You better protect them. Quick Trevor Penning story. Uh, before a game at, 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 in college, he's talking to one of the officials, and somebody uh, mentioned this to me. They said they saw him talking to the official, grabbed him after the game, and said, what was the officials talking to you about before the game? And he said, oh, yeah, he told me, please don't hurt anybody today. That's what the official told me. Really? About that. Yeah. <laughs>
I just, he's so fascinating because it's such a big hole to fill and he has to go yeah. in and make an immediate impact. It's a lot of pressure, John. Yeah, a lot of pressure. I'm, I'd be curious to know off air what, uh, what Scott thinks of the Cole Strange pick there at 29. Off air. Well, yeah, well, I'll, I'll talk about it to you later. But yeah, this, is, uh, this was so good fits. I, I really like Icky down to Carolina, too. He gets to stay home. That's, that's good stuff. He's going to pay dividends. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. He's the punky QB known as McMahon that shuffled the Bears to a Super Bowl title. Well, I'm a punky QB known as McMahon. When I hit the turf, I don't got no plan. I just throw my body all over the field. I can't dance, but I can throw the pill. I motivate the cats. I like to tease. I play so cool, I aim to please. It's the reason y'all got here on the double to catch me doing the Super Bowl shuffle. Woo! <laughs> that song won a Grammy. You can look it up. And that is uh, our adoration and our respect for our next guest. He is the fifth overall pick in the 1982 NFL Draft. He is one of the most interesting and one of the most colorful personalities this league has ever seen. He's also a two-time Super Bowl champ. And here to talk about Ditka's Gridiron Greats Hall of Fame dinner, here he is, Jim McMahon. Good morning, football. Hey, good morning, guys. How you doing? Thrilled to talk to you, thrilled to, to rap alongside you and to give you the musical homage that you deserve, Jim. First and foremost, song just so we start out with the Super Bowl Shuffle. No, 1985, it's still here, Jim. 
we know it. We remember your career. We were young watching you. Remember what you're all about. There's a lot of people watching who weren't even alive for the 85 Bears, let alone the shuffle. So for Jim, for those people watching, how would you describe your playing style and your personality when you were in the league? Well, I, I played to win. You know, whatever, whatever that took uh, me to do to win a ball game, that's what I would do. I really didn't care about you know what the what the sports writers or what the coaches thought. I I was worried about winning ball games, and uh, the people around me understood that. Jim, obviously you're the face and one of the many faces of that '85 Bears team. It is so beloved in the history of the game, and it still brings up such memories and smiles from everybody with how you guys went about your business and then finished the job. Are you amazed that all these years later, people still are in love with that team and bring it up probably everywhere you go? Well, I think what most people liked was the personalities we had on that team. It wasn't just about us playing football. We were a pretty damn good football team, but we had a lot of great personalities on that team. And, uh, you know, the NFL was struggling back in the early 80s. And uh, I've talked to a lot of people since then, a lot of, you know, older people, the grandmas and stuff, saying we never watched football until we saw you guys. And I think they saw us without our helmets on and having a lot of fun, and I think that's what they remember is how much fun we had and as well as how good we were. Well, Jim, it doesn't hurt that the grandmas were likely doing appointment viewing at 10 o'clock with Letterman. Of course, you were also on the Johnny Carson show, millions in endorsements. What was it like being such a hot commodity on Madison Avenue back in the 80s? Well, actually doing all those commercials is a pain in the butt. You know, it takes about (laughs) eight eight hours to do a 30-second commercial. I I never understood that that math but uh i'm glad i didn't have to do that for a living but it definitely helped me uh in the off season i i've been lucky enough not having a job since i retired so uh i'm glad i was able to to do those things wow. off the field i bet you wow. got stories i, you got I bet stories. you got a lot About of stories place. jim <laughs> yeah, that was actually a pretty fun day at the uh playboy mansion uh, mr hepner he thought I got screwed on the uh, MVP voting, so he actually gave me a car himself. And so I uh, had, a, had a nice oh, wow. time at the mansion. And uh, actually, got, I got to go back to the mansion a couple times with my buddy Bruce Willis. We went up there and watched the uh, Tommy Hearns and uh, I think it was Sugar Ray fight back in the day. So, yeah, I've had, mm-hmm. I had some good times there at, at the uh, Playboy Mansion. Wow. I mean, I, I, I just can't just let you go by. You just drop Bruce Willis's name like everybody just knows. Yep. You know, there's friends <laughs> with this guy, man. I mean... Talk about how that relationship came to which I'm sorry, I had another question, but you said Bruce Willis, bro. It's diehard. Well, I was uh, I was actually doing, I was either taping the Carson show or the, there was one of those shows I was in town in L.A. taping for. And uh, this was when Bruce Willis was doing Moonlight. And uh, they were taping a show as well. He heard that I was in town. He asked if, you know, I could come to the set and meet him. Uh, ended up having to go to the airport, but he ended up showing up at the airport and uh, we just sat and had a couple of cocktails before I got on the plane and, and uh, we became pretty good friends. And every time I got to L.A., I'd call him up and, he, and we'd have some fun. So it's been a while since I've seen him. But, uh, yeah, we had a, we had a good time back in the day. I'm glad to hear it. And I know that uh, Bruce is going through a lot right now and we're all thinking about him. But it's great to hear some times from the good old days that I know you guys. Oh, I don't know. Jim raised some hell. I think that's fair to say. Another question for you, Jim, is you're talking to your, 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 your event. 
event with Coach Dicka in Chicago. You're there in Chicago to uh, to attend. You know, your career is so interesting because you're looked at as this iconic bear, which you are. But again, younger people might not know. You also won another Super Bowl with the Packers. And Jim, this is fascinating. You go to the White House with the Green Bay Packers and you wore your Chicago Bears jersey, including in all the pictures. There's a lot of intrigue about this <laughs> on the internet, and I think a lot of confusion. Jim, why did you wear your Bears uniform to go with the Packers to the White House? Well, back when we won in, in 85, we didn't get to go to the White House. Uh, the space shuttle blew up two days after we won, so all the focus was on that, which is right, rightfully so. But I think they could have snuck the Bears in at some point between uh, you know the time I went with the Packers and we did we did end up going as the Bears a few years later. But I explained to all my teammates in, in uh, Green Bay. I explained it to the coaches what I was going to do. I said I'm just going to represent our, our team in Chicago. I actually uh, called a couple of my old linemen in Chicago. Said send me your jerseys. I'll hold those up too during the team picture. I just wanted to represent the uh, Bear team that never got to go. Uh, like I said, we did get to go a few years after that, but you know that was kind of a uh, an afterthought, basically. But uh, that, that's the whole reason behind it. I, I know a few of the fans in Green Bay might have been upset, but I think the coaches and players knew what I was doing. Yeah. It, it, speaking of Green Bay, Jim, I, I'm sure you still follow the game. Last year, Aaron Rodgers scored a touchdown in Soldier Field and looked at the fans and said, we own you, I own you, I still own you. And it made a lot of headlines. As, uh, as a Bears and slash Packers player, and you saw Rodgers do that in Soldier Field, what was your reaction and maybe the 85 Bears reaction if you guys had any conversations about that moment? Well, this is actually the first time I'm hearing about it because I don't really follow the game a hell of a lot. But uh, mm. it's, it's not surprising. I mean, he has owned the Bears. I mean, he, I don't know if he's ever <laughs> lost to them. Yep. Uh, when I was with the Bears, I owned the Packers. And I, I, I think I only yeah. lost once yeah. to the Packers in, in all that time. So, uh, yeah, if you play here in Chicago, you got to be able to greet, beat Green Bay or you're going to catch a lot of grief. And Jim, you're still amazing. You really are. Incredible career, incredible football life. And I have to say, personally, growing up as a kid in Chicago in the 80s, you and Walter were my heroes. So it's really special that you came a Good Morning Football, and we love you, man. Hey, I appreciate the time, guys. You guys have a good day. I got to go to work now. <laughs> yeah, that's the man right there. The Punky QB. Our friends over at CBS Sports tweeted this a few days ago, just asking, who's the most likable NFL player of all time. Just likable. So here's what we're going to do. We are going to draft the four of us. We're going to go round and round for three rounds based on likability all-time players, not current. What does that mean? The players who even their opposing fans can't help but like. The players whose teammates like. The merchandise sales like. The ones you just turn on and like, that's the man. He makes me smile. Take that anywhere you want. Jane is going to have the first pick, and then we're going to go Mike Rob, then Peter, then me, and we will snake back and forth until we do three rounds, and then we will feed it to the public like a rat getting a pellet, and they can judge who has the most likable team. Are we ready, guys? Jane Slater, you are on the clock. I get first pick because I've lost this week, haven't I? Cam Jordan. <laughs> wow, Cam Jordan, the number one overall pick off the board. All right. Remember, I this is find all him time. The most Mike Robinson, person. you're up. <laughs> yes. All time. I like Cam Jordan, man. I work with. I've been doing some games with him this offseason. I'm gonna start off with a good friend of mine, Beast Mode, Marshawn Lynch. Nah, I've seen a good teams like him. I've seen fans like him. Dude is influential. Give me Beast Mode. Okay. I'm on the clock. I'm going to go with a guy I got to work with at Fox, and uh, I, I didn't cover him as a player like others did, but he's been great to me. Randy Moss is my pick. Oh, okay. yes. 
All right, so we got Cam Jordan, current player with the Saints. We got Walter Payton, and we got Randy Moss, who played himself through about five minutes. Marshawn Lynch. Guys, uh, I, I can't beast believe mode. the beast quality mode. that fell to mode. me here. My first pick of the most likable player all time, I, I think I'll go Walter Payton. Uh, there was an award named after yeah, him about likability and service and everything. You go. Walter Payton is off the board with the fourth pick of the first round, and if the news gets better and better, I get to go back-to-back -back as we enter the second round. Here we go. Most oh. likable player in NFL history. I took Payton to end round one. And to start round two, I'm going to go with a pseudo-current player, Rob Gronkowski, current tight end for We Think Bucks Adjacent. How do you not love Gronk? How do you not love Gronk? I know there was that weird incident with Trey White in Buffalo, but then he's like, True. he's from Buffalo. Do so like it me. sort of cancels each other out. Peter, you are back. Your first round pick was Randy Moss. Who do you go in the second round? I'm going to go with another colleague of mine from the Fox world, a guy who lights up every room and is authentic. A dude that I, I got to say, anyone who's met him is like, that guy's the real deal, isn't he? Yeah, he's the real deal. Michael Strahan is my next pick. I will go with ah, Randy Moss ooh. and Michael Strahan. I'm having a pretty good hang session if you get me those guys in a room. Okay, so I guess it's on me, right? I'm going to yep. go with my second pick, Peyton Manning. Okay, he's okay. Uh, one day he'll nice. own a team, one of the greatest quarterbacks ever, and all-time nice guys. I don't think I know anybody that doesn't like Peyton. Go ahead, Jane. I think I'm going to go with, I, I'm just going with recent history and my interactions, right? Like, it's one thing when you see a guy and how he interacts on TV, but it's another when you see him off the field, on the field, and when the camera's in front of them. Dak Prescott. Uh, I was watching Total Access last night and they even had a mic'd up segment. And this is not a homer response. Ask anyone in the league. He is literally one of the most likable guys. It's hard not to like Dak. And I think even when he's struggling, that's why you see a lot of fairly good publicity about him because he is so likable. Hmm. Jane, you go again. Two picks in a row to start the third round. Who do you got? Randall Cobb. He's one of my absolute favorites to interview. One of the kindest and the fact that Aaron Rodgers Randall loves him Cobb. so much <laughs> says a lot about who he is as a person. Yes, these are people I've had personal interactions with. These are guys at my top three that I'd want to interview, hang out with, love their families. Randall Cobb. If you don't like my picks, give me some options up on the board to take off. All right. For me, I, I struggled on this one of my last pick. These two gentlemen that are friends of mine, guys that I know. But I'm going to pick Derek Brooks, Hall of Fame, middle linebacker, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, okay, 14 call. years in the National Football League, 25 interceptions, 13 and a half sacks. Every time I see this guy, he's smiling, always has something positive to say. One of my all-time favorite players of all time. I'm really torn here. I'm really torn here because I have had the opportunity to meet a lot of these greats, and there's some that I don't know that well. And I'm debating against going with a guy that I grew up six years on this show with or a guy like Warwick Dunn or Reggie White or one of Joe Namath or one of these types. But I'm going to go with Nate Burleson. And don't call me a kiss-ass, Kyle. I believe you know the same deal. When Nate Burleson walks in a room, everybody gravitates towards him just like they do with Michael Robinson and just like they do with so many of these legends. But Nate is a brother of ours. I'm putting Nate on my team and I'm hanging with that crowd. Always we'll roll with like Nate. Always Nate. we love Nate. You are totally right. No, Peter, the kiss-ass portion was in your first two picks where you picked two people from Fox. Who were you thinking in the third round? Eric Shanks? Let's move on. Uh, my final pick of the entire draft. Uh, all right, so I went Walter Payton in the first round, then Rob Gronkowski, and the Mr. Irrelevant of the all-time likable. I'm going to go with the man named Doug Flutie. 
at the buzzer. Give me Flutie. A reminder to certain people on the panel, this was an all-time list of most likable players. We have our group. We have done our 12 picks. Randall Cobb was somehow drafted, but let's find out what the people think. Do we have the list? P. Shregs, break down these lists for me. Go ahead. Look, we all went with different things, and Jane, Can I, I know you want to jump in. One? Let me just tell you, Jane, it's a remote show. Kyle came to me. You got to wait your turn. I know we're learning. It's <laughs> only the fourth day. Here's the deal, Jane. We said all time, and it's not just your friends. So, Jane, I'll go back to you. Uh, you picked three guys who are all current NFL players <laughs> that you might secure a one-on-one -on -one interview with after the game because of it, but that wasn't the point of this uh, uh, this whole exercise, Jane. You <laughs> I feel like I'm in middle school and I'm never going to get picked on the kickball team again. But I would like to replace Randall Cobb, even though he's one of my favorite. Shame on us for not bringing up Michael Irvin. Can you name another player that when he goes somewhere is such a rock star that everyone loves him? So I'm going to substitute True. Randall right. Cobb out for okay. Michael Irvin, even though it pains me. All right. So here's the deal. I feel Jane, attacked. You're so all in and you're so professional on this show. And when we do our pre-production at night in the morning, you always reply to emails and you're very invested, which is frankly refreshing. And you thought about this, I'm sure. Like you knew that like it was an all time thing. Like you understood the assignment. And yet, like, what are we talking about? I love, I love Cam Jordan as much as the next guy. I love Randall Cobb, but like, there's so many players over the decades that you've known and you covered and you've grown up with. I'm sitting here pulling my hair out, and no disrespect to Randall Cobb, but like, you know, we took Cam Jordan and Walter Payton was still on the board. I, I, do you understand the exasperation? <laughs> Give me the list again, Mike Rob. I want your thoughts, Mike Rob. Oh man, I, you know what, Jane? You know what? Live in the moment. I'm taking Peter's line. Live in the moment, Jane. I like your picks. The hell with it, man. Those are the people you know, okay? You got some interviews to do this year. You still got a job to do. That's okay. Do it, man. Live in the moment. I love it. All right, yeah, I want to change my draft. I want to put my agent up there. I want to put, uh, also want to put Charlie, you, Mark you, Kyle. Rizal, I hate you. Uh, DJ, I hate all you. of the NFL Network brass that I may run into. Those are the most likely ones. Craig Germain, love you. Um, guys, here's of the course. thing. We can mock it. Decision. We're putting this out to the public. These, the public can decide the most likable team, and here we go. To Twitter, poof. Into the bump, if you please, my friends in the production booth. Slater and I are going to have a knife fight during commercial break. I think I'm going to lose. Please roll the <laughs> damn bump. Let's go. Roll the bump. <laughs>
elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to point game. King of the court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. We're going to have a little fun here. We're playing a game that we like to call the title game. And what we're doing is we're looking at the schedule this season and we're saying to ourselves, okay, which matchup is going to earn a title? So, Kyle, give me your title game when you look at the schedule. It's simple. I started looking at the Sean McVay season this year for the Rams. And, Peter, this is like wheelhouse for you. Almost every single week. McVeigh goes against a former assistant or former player. I'm calling it the McMultiverse of Madness. Every dang week. <laughs> take your pick. Aaron Cromer is former run game coordinator. Former quality control coach Dave Ragone. Cliff Kingsbury, his buddy, twice. Kyle Shanahan, twice. Former special teams coordinator John Fossil. They get some week five. Former defensive tackle Terrence Knighton with Washington. He gets some week six. Former OC Shane Waldron, twice week 13 and week 18. Former OC Matt LaFleur. Former secondary coach Ajiro Evero. And finally, former defensive coordinator Brandon Staley, week 17. It is an incredible tribute to Sean McVay, the coach strange of this DC Marvel Universe in the NFL, that he has that many folks in that many weeks. And if he runs that gauntlet... He's the man. McVeigh, incredible. The McMultiverse, my friends. I'm knocking over equipment. I love Paul has it. a beautiful Kyle. line, guys. I love it. We were talking <laughs> quantum physics, multiverse, all of those things. For me, I got the last possession wins game, and that's going to be when my bills go into Kansas City and Arrowhead week six. You better have it tuned in because I'm telling you. I just, look, I'm saying it right now. Josh Allen is not walking out of that stadium without a win. I don't care if it's overtime. I don't care what the hell got to happen. Josh Allen is walking away out of that stadium, out of Arrowhead with the win. And this time, he'll be chasing down Patrick Mahomes saying, hey, man, good game, bro. It was awesome. Let's keep doing this. It's all about Josh Allen, all about the Buffalo Bills. Let's get it. I'm going to go and stay in the AFC East with the Miami Dolphins in a game I'm calling the Master and the Apprentice game. This is on December 4th when the 49ers take on the Dolphins. Kyle Shanahan and Mike McDaniel, this is the matchup. They have been together in Houston. They have been together in Atlanta. They have been together in Cleveland. They have been together in San Francisco. It's the first time McDaniel is out of Shanahan's wing. And I can't wait for the Master and Apprentice game. We've never seen them face off against each other. They've always been side by side. Let's go. Let's get to the Hill Mary. It's a good name. It's clever. We like it. We always love a nice little pun here on the show. But let's go back in NFL history for a second and hit you with the all-time favorite signature mm. moves in the NFL, a la Good Morning Football. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm going to say, I'm going to go old school. It's for the old heads watching. Oh. Uh, the Deacon Jones head slap is the greatest signature move of any passenger. Outlawed. It's just take it and smack you in the head. 
That's not it. It's to the offensive the lineman. It's yeah. against the tackle. Uh, Let's you even get off the deacon. Let me let me demonstrate it. You're not going to show the head slap. I will. You do it to Kyle. Let's go. Let's show get it off. Show the head slap. Show the head slap. I'm going to be the offensive lineman. I'm going to block you. So deacon just come and it's a big handed slap on the head. And then the other arm goes around and he goes. I'm out of here. You know the deacon Jones head slaps. I, we never, we didn't keep track of stats back then, but they say he had over 190 sacks, yeah, and, yeah. and that's because a lot of it is the head slap. You can't do it anymore. But he would literally take the offensive lineman and smack them upside yes, the head disrespectful. and just get to the quarterback. Head slap. Oh, please show me some more interceptions footage. <laughs> Look, Shregs, uh, and he would like led, a legend has it. He would wrap up like oh, magazines. He was not nice. On the what? Office. I mean, it was like a club. It was like a cast. <laughs> and the, when you think about those helmets back then, they didn't have the big cheek pads. They weren't air helmets. I mean, it was like leather helmet, literally. Sean, oh, you ever get head slap? So, uh, yeah, it's happened a couple of times. In your uh, personal life? <laughs> my very first pass rush, Darius Holland, when I, when I was in the Cleveland Browns, <laughs> the largest human being I've ever tried to block. And, yeah, he had slapped me in, in, in the next week. I was looking out of my ear hole after that first rep. So, <laughs> I thought you were going to say, like, a Jersey Shore bar or something. I was walking, right, walking right. Down. No, I was doing the head slap. <laughs> okay, yeah. nice. That's right. one shot, kid. <laughs> you, hunkabunka. No, you, you're not, you don't belong here. Get out. in Sayreville. Oh, Girls I, drink I, free. I'm pretty sure I threw you and your, and your posse out of DJ, <laughs> too. Sure you did. All right, listen, the game has changed now, Shregs. I don't know if you heard. We're safer now. We Sorry. don't do that. We don't slap people in the head. Show it. Now what we do is we spin. Give me Dwight Freeney <laughs> and his spin move. And now we Listen, dance. Dwight Freeney came into the NFL as a rookie, and everybody said, boy, this guy, you're too small. Like, you, can't, you can't survive in this NFL game of head slappers and, and knee, kneecap biters. Dwight Freeney came into the NFL and changed the pass rush move. He changed the way that pass rushers got to the quarterback. He said, fine, if I can't go through you, I'm going to go around you with my speed. And once I've set that up, so quick. He came in, he was rookie of the year. 13 yeah. sacks his rookie year. He ended up with 51 sacks in just his first four seasons. Rookie of the year, Come. time defensive player of the year. That spin move was so quick. You watch it on film, yeah. and if you blink, you miss it. It was like, where'd who go? Dwight Freeney, okay. the first and only person I've ever seen in a game make Jonathan Ogden frustrated. <laughs> I remember Dwight Freeney hit him with a spin move, sacked, uh, sacked the quarterback, and yes. Ogden's run over the sideline, taking his helmet off like, I need some help. Like, yeah. Jonathan Ogden never Half asked for help. Yeah. Yes. What was the name of that club in the Jersey Shore? Hunkabunka. Hunkabunka? Sayerville. Oh, all right. 18 to party, 21 to drink. Exactly. Yeah, have you been there? Uh, all right. Have you been there, Peter? Uh, speaking of party, uh, it's, uh, how about when Troy Palomala comes up to the A-gap? This is the best for me. This, mm. this, this feels very like a finishing move in WWE. I'm sorry, Kerry Collins, but look out! There's a flying Hall of Famer with hair cascading out of his helmet, and it wasn't a one-trick deal either. But then Peter pointed this out. Give me the Baltimore versus Pittsburgh game where Joe Flacco is going to quarterback scene. Here comes 43, jumping right into Canton, Ohio. It's awesome. awesome. He's suspended in the air when Paul. Hey, listen, Tom. Uh, Bill Cowers talked about this. He's like, you guys all like that stuff with Troy. It would make me nervous on the sideline. Troy, get back where you belong. <laughs> but no, he nailed it every single time. That's the one. Troy Palomar. Air was on fire. It really was. First ballot. That's it, Peter. We did it. How do you feel? I feel great. I feel great. Thank you so much for watching. We feel great about that. And we know we will catch you guys on June 27th with a brand new edition of Good Morning Football from New York City. We'll see you then. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. 
Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Fuma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.